Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Read? What's happening? Am I dead? I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction. Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I? Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Hey, this is Derwin Lester from the Blanket Fort Griss Solitude. And in my many travels, I have been so thoroughly blessed to meet such creative and talented friends. And this one friend I met, uh, uh, like many friends, like the origin story of Facebook itself on Facebook, when I was lucky and to, enough to share a comic called G.I. Low. And at the time, he had about 2,000 fans or so. He was just starting out. And then he contacts me and he says, hey, can you make a comic book out of my web cartoon series? And at the time, I was putting my zombie books together in kind of a compendium. And then I said, no, but you can write your character into my zombie apocalypse. And he said, yeah, sure. And we've been collaborators, friends. Um, he's the only man I love who hasn't seen me naked. Um uh, since 2017 and with me today is Pete Barlow. Pete, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. And by the way, uh, a clause of our friendship is that I can never see you naked. Um, <laughs> if I ever see you naked, our friendship is over. <laughs> anyway, on that note, sir, where are you from? Um, I am from a lot of places. Um, I, I suppose I was... Uh, I'm a non-military brat. I need to clarify that. Every time I tell people that I'm, I've lived in uh, eight states and five countries, they're like, oh, you're in the military. Like, well, I'm in the military now, but I was never really of the military. Um, uh, but I was born in Michigan, uh, as you were, I believe. What part of Michigan? Um, well, if, if people can uh, hear me point at my hand, I can show you exactly where I'm from. Um, Battle but, Creek? Uh, uh, Ypsilanti. Okay. Um. But I mean, I, I've never lived anywhere for more than five years. So uh, if you can tell from my accent, I'm very Midwestern. So I basically hop from one Midwestern location to another Midwestern location every couple of years, which is good because in the military, I've never lived anywhere for more than two years. One step ahead of the law. Absolutely. Um, same reason why I have multiple false identities. Um, <laughs> if anyone is listening, uh, you may have met me as Sebastian Hilltop or uh, Tobias Silverman, you know. Uh, Sebastian is wanted in seven states. Uh, well, that's actually my porn name. I'm not sure what your porn name is. Someone said it's <laughs> He's the name wanted of your... for pornography. You're well. I mean, of course. I You're late for your uh, uh, casting. Um, well, for those of you at home, especially if you if you want to play the at, at home game, your porn name is your first pet and the street you grew up on. <laughs> so Sebastian Hilltop. <laughs> I didn't know. I was just, I was just yes, Andy. You, I don't know where you go with that. So you know, um, my advice, in back to the fact that I've lived in a million places, pick the street name that is the best for porn. <laughs> I think Hilltop is pretty good. So if you were going to say one spot, like, like, like you, I was a gypsy vagabond growing up. If you were to say, like, oh, I grew up in X, where's X? I am equal parts Illinois and Ohio. 
because I spent okay. about a decade in both places. Never in the same place, but I mean, I spent about a uh, just tw- the first like twenty years of my life, kind of jumping back and forth between Illinois and Ohio, and both both have equal claims to home, and both are equal things that I hate about them. Um, so, which is important. I feel like you have to hate a little bit of home. I, I feel like, uh, you know, with, with with home, you need to have uh, one great local pizza place and at least one really awful memory. You know, <laughs> home is where blind rage is. Absolutely. You know, home is where the extreme emotions are. It's like this pizza is <laughs> delicious, but my uh, soccer coach is also my family veterinarian, and he put my dog to sleep. Yeah. You so know. we're going to burn down the post office. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So where'd you go to high school? Um, I went to high school in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. Um, and actually, uh, I, I can tell that I haven't had greater success as a writer because my high school experience was actually pretty good. Right. Um, I had uh, never stellar grades, but never really bad grades. Sure. Um, I had the greatest group of friends I've ever had in my life, and thank- I'm thankful to still have them in my life for the most part. That's great. Um, I was pretty darn mediocre to okay at a speech team, which is great because uh, now I brief people for a living. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, I, I, I will say this though, uh, I have no earthly desire to ever return to my high school for the same reason that I, I've learned to stop going back to my old college town. Um, just because it's like, it's like you see pictures of it on Facebook, like, man, they rebuilt a lot. That's not my school anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if you had a loved one who was continuously getting replaced with robot parts. You know, at some point, they're not your loved one anymore. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I have been getting continuously replaced with robot parts, so. Well, I mean, until that moment when it's like they repra- replaced, completely re- replaced your brain. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, that's still Derwin. And that's when the rage begins. And then that's yeah. when my conquest of man starts. Yeah, no, I'm, for me, I I kind of go back to my hometown about every decade or so. Right. There's a half dozen people who remember me from high school and I remember them and I'll pop in every 10 years and be like, hey, we're all older and fatter and balder. And everyone's like, yep, bye. And then yeah, I used to do that, except that um, most of my friends from high school, um, uh, they, they fled. The, well, some of them are still in the Chicagoland area. Most of them fled it for different pastors. Sure. Um So it's like every and my, my like my family doesn't live in the Chicagoland area anymore. Uh, so yeah. it's just like. It's like, well, I could, um, I could get a really expensive bag of Garrett's popcorn downtown Chicago. That'd be, that'd be fun. Um, I, I'm taking my wife to my hometown uh, in Holland, Michigan, uh, because I, she's never been, and it's the one time we'll go, and we're going actually next weekend, nice. and I'm gonna be like, hey, I grew up there. And then I, you know, we snuck beer there and then we smoked cigarettes there and, you know, and all of the silly things you do as a kid. So you went to college. What did you go to college for? Uh, I went to college for film production. Um, I had aspirations of being a, a great film director. In our tour. Um, and on tour. Thank you very much. Yeah, anytime you can use some French around me, it's like, I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really, really liked most of my college experience um except i know that towards the end it was slowly dawning on me it was like i met the people that would have had some 
success in the film industry. And when I say success, I don't mean like they would have been the next Christopher Nolan. I'd say they they might be a night like a really good production assistant. They might, uh, and I, it's it's true to form. Some of my friends are are doing okay in the film industry. Like they all moved out to Los Angeles, and it's like, um, like I'm a gaffer on NCIS. Like hey, that's, that's cool. That's you can pay the bills with that. Yeah. Um, but I, there's this narcissistic part of me that was like it's like okay you're not as talented as them which means you're not going to be doing what you dreamed you'd do this was never like your your, your dream is never going to happen and the thing is it's not a sad thing like i think I, i've told this to, to people before i don't view that uh dream dying as anything sad it's the same way that I, any athlete who aspires to go to the olympics if you realize it's not going to happen it's just like okay let's do the next thing and well, the next I thing for I, me was, you know, the army. I mean, you know, we, why not go the other direction? Um, also, too, not narcissism. I don't think. I think. Well, narciss- it's narcissism that, like, um, I, it, I didn't love the film industry enough that, like, I could be the world's greatest boom mic operator. God. Um, I, I think it, that that it was like, all right, it was for me, it was like Spielberg bust. Um, because oh, okay. I spent so much time in my head uh, picturing the kind of great director I would be, yeah. and then I spent four years in film school learning I really wasn't that talented. Um, and it was like, okay, so I mean, everyone, especially the creative types, you know, which you and I are, mm-hmm. um, and mostly hang around with, um, you you very rarely aim for the bottom or the middle. It's like, all right, well, I'm making something that's going to be big, and then you kind of, okay, well, this is where my talent is. And it's See? like, oh crap! I'm not the talent that I dreamed I was. I, I'm not the secret talent that I thought I was. Um, and so it's like, even if I if I applied myself, if I made connections and I worked really hard, um, again, I might be directing porn. <laughs> um, You're that, not that gonna was, direct porn. That was, that was the best case scenario in my head that I came up with. Um, you're gonna move out to LA. You're gonna find um, gigs. <laughs> as a production assistant on porn or worst lifetime movies um, <laughs> and you're going to be 50 years old in LA and you're going to think well that was my dream okay so I mean for me it was just it was like a rebirth you know it was yeah. like all right let's 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 figure this thing out not to mention um uh, like most college graduates I was uh, I had negative money Sure. And um, it was like, and I graduated into the Great Recession. Um, uh, so you, you, that, that was five major world crises ago, I think. Uh, it depends on your uh, the threshold for major world crises. So I mean, I it's been a busy couple of years. Yeah. So I graduated into a, a job market that was non-existent. Um, my parents uh, were both uh, unemployed uh, because of the Great Recession in roundabout ways. Yeah. Um, and so I, I moved back to Chicago to uh, live with my unemployed parents. And it was just like, oh, well, um, maybe we'll find a way to pay the mortgage and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, listen, you need a job fast. <laughs> and I was looking in the Chicagoland area. I was like, all right, it's the third largest city in America. I should find something kind of related to my degree. Sure. Um, and then you find uh, that if it's marketing it's telemarketing um if it's oh, no. advertising it's putting flyers on windows oh no um and um so 
suddenly the army like and I, I actually I'm not sure if I've heard like much about your origin story but for me I mean I, I was never army never military I was just like that's what that's what burnouts do that's what you know like my, my thing is if you're joining the military um, I, I just pictured like the the West Point type and the burnout there was you nothing never heard my origin story for the army um, I'm sure I have but I'm also oh you're older, such a bad friend but the thing is, oh, okay. like, it, it, for me, I didn't quite grasp, but there was this this huge chasm, in, that, that's not even a word, huge chasm of, like, middle ground, where it was like, yeah. all right, it's it's not just, like, the future presidents and uh, the, the guy who got arrested selling pot. So it was like, and I, I fell into that nice uh, middle ground of, like, um, I have a degree, but I also have no full-time work, so... Um, I think I'll do the army for four years. Anyway, no, I'm I'm curious because um, you you sparked on something that kind of made me think. You're talking about how it has to be perfect or nothing. I I know for me in my own creative process, um. I and you know you we, we've worked together several times and in different positions and and there's been times when we work together where I'm kind of overseeing the entire project and you're like the creative driving force and I have like a team over here doing stuff and I seem to excel the best in the spot where I'm like oh it's good enough right like I'm the guy that's like we have to keep the product moving so we're done now let's go to the next thing but but that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people who are like, it's got to be perfect or nothing. Because I know a lot of our creative friends and they have that same issue. Um, well, if I've had a success with my comic, I think it's that I don't take it too seriously. Oh, yeah. Um, it, uh, the thing is, it was just it was. It's also really good. Thank you. <laughs> um, it, it was sparked by uh, being bored in basic training and having paper. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the adventures of Giallo. Um, <laughs> and it was it was never anything that I had any aspirations for. Uh, it was just sort of like, it, it's just like, eh, it was a funny little doodle. Funny thing happened at work. Yeah, probably yeah. why you didn't really put a lot of pressure on it. So you, you could like let it grow organically. And it well, to... uh, yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's just sort of like, a, it, it was never like a big dream to make a comic strip. It was just, a, eh, this is fun. This mm-hmm. is a fun way to make fun of work. Um, it's your life in hell. Yeah, I a good reference. <laughs> Considering the last time I was on your show, we were talking about The Simpsons. So yes, <laughs> and that'll come out at some point. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, there, there, there's something to be said about uh, not having pressure. Um, yeah, but having a really funny job um, because the army is hilarious. Before we get to the army, you worked in NPR, yes? PBS. PB, one of the three-letter words. Um, so, PB, well, uh, that was a job I had in college. Um, reoccurring pattern in college was that I would always have two jobs at once while being a full-time college student. And you're trying to have a social life and all this good stuff and, you know, burning myself out. But I did work so for rated. PBS uh, for uh, eight months. Um, I was a lighting technician at first, and then I was a cameraman. Um, and I've told the same story a thousand times about PBS um, because it, we weren't even a Toledo station. We were a satellite of the Toledo station. Um, for those of you not from Ohio, um, 
I can't even think of a good comparison of what Toledo is to Ohio, which is, um, let's just say it's the Pluto of Ohio cities. Mm-hmm. Like if um, Toledo is Smallville, Kansas, uh, the satellite. I, I, I hate to. Th- I was gonna say I, I hate to think that if we're talking comparing something to Metropolis, it was like I guess Cleveland would be the Metropolis of Ohio. Cleveland is the Metropolis of Ohio, which is appropriate because the two creators of Superman were from Cleveland. Boom! And it comes full circle, and that Absolutely. makes Cincinnati Gotham probably. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it worked. Uh, but the story I tell all the time is. Um, we didn't have many shows. Uh, we had like Eye on Northwest Ohio, in which a bunch of old white guys talked about Northwest Ohio. <laughs> Why is that the highest rating show on television? <laughs> um, but uh, we had telethons. And I can tell you a little bit of behind the scenes gossip is that when you're watching a telethon on PBS, unless it's like a really big station or a really big event, um, more often than not, the people on the telephone are talking to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you know, I was the cameraman for that, like those events, and I'm just and the thing is, the director would be like, okay, make it look like we're getting a lot of donations, and it's smart because you want to like sell the image of success. You know, it's like totally, yeah, you, you only want to get in line if you know it's a really long line because you know, heck, it's got to be something good if the line's that long. So I it's, just, it's just like I, the, the 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 phone, the people on the phones were just, like, huh? Yeah, oh, that, that, thank you so much. Oh my, that's oh, thank you for supporting our local PBS affiliate. Thank you. Oh. You know, just thumbs up. I would only, I'd probably never get asked back, but I'd be like, hey, what are you wearing? <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> uh, I'm sure someone, okay, you definitely wouldn't have been fired because I don't think those people got paid. Oh, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. He's a warm so, body with a social security number. He's in. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I like that I, I, I had that experience. Um, and yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, it was the one time I ever really worked in my field. Um, before joining the army and appropriately enough um, I, I was able to well, I, I attempted to use that to get a different MOS when I joined the army for any civilians listening MOS military occupational specialty so it's your job yeah um, I, I wanted to be a combat documentarian oh shit because um, I was like right, if if I'm gonna get a job I, let, let me at least do something that like, it's kind of related to what I went to college for um and uh, so, like, I'm talking to the recruiter. I'm like, it's it's this MOS or nothing. Like, you're not gonna make me a like. I, you I, said I, that to your recruiter in yeah. 2008, 2009. Because um, <laughs> the thing is, I wasn't gonna join the army. This was just like something I was doing in between job interviews. Um, I told my recruiter, like, you're gonna get me this MOS, or I'm walking out. Um, spoilers, uh, none of that happened. <laughs> he said, um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I was I like, just remember, I just remember how it was back then. I mean, I, I thought I had the upper hand. I thought I was, uh, I, 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 I had the cards, you know? <laughs> um, you know, in the meanwhile, the back of my mind, I'm like, um, how, how much, uh, in debt you are? Like, you know, oh, are, you, are your parents surviving off ramen? Um, <laughs> You know, so, but, um, and the guy was like, well, to get this MOS, you need some special talent. Um, and I was <laughs> oh, like, I have, I have a bachelor's degree in film production. Um, and I worked for PBS and I was like, well, we need something extra. Um, and then when I was in AIT, uh, a soldier from my class, um, she failed the course and recycled into being a combat documentarian. I was Shut like, up. 
the fuck? <laughs> I was like, okay, I got you, recruiter. I got your number. <laughs> so we, after we all got out of combat medic training in 2009, this has been like summer 09, I remember a bunch of us dudes got sent to El Paso, which is Baghdad in Spanish, basically. And then all of the pretty girls ended up in Schofield Barracks in Hawaii. And you just saw pics of them on Facebook, just in bikinis, hitting the beach ball in the water and stuff. And we're like, yep, we'll be in Iraq in three weeks. And we got to Iraq and we're like, wow, this is a lot like El Paso. <laughs> well, why on earth do you think there's a base uh, in El Paso so people can acclimate? It's a good training environment. You're, you're done with the IT. And then you... Where, where was your first duty station? My first duty station was Fort Stewart, Georgia, um, which is only a few hours away from where I live now. So it's like, hey, it's like a little homecoming. Yeah. How was is, how is Fort Stewart? Um, it was like lifting weights in a sauna. Oh, uh, oh it, yeah. Sweaty. Right. Sweaty. Um, it is fitting. Um, I'm, this is the second time in my life that I have uh, moved to Georgia in winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who at the Pentagon I should thank for that, but you know, either way, it's like, okay, at least you're letting me ease into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before Going it from becomes, Korea, before it so... becomes an armpit. Um, oh man, I remember yeah. stepping out of the barracks in Georgia. It's like seven thirty in the morning. You're in full uniform, and they just coat of sweat already. But um, I, I look look back at my time at Fort Stewart fondly. Um, mm-hmm. I, the thing is, I was furious the first time when I when I got my orders because I was like, I'm going to Georgia? This is stupid, blah, 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 blah. Because um, I wanted to go someplace, you know, like sexy and exotic and all that cool stuff. And I was just like, like oh man, I'm going Force Com? I don't even know what Force Com was. Um, but you know what? Uh, as much as I complained about it at the time, um, as soon as you get removed from your first duty station, it's like the, the, the rose-colored glasses come on. You're like, you know what? Yeah, it was a lot of it, it sucked, but it was funny and it was yeah. it was fun and I had some really great friends that I'm thankfully I still kind of stay in touch with. Yeah. Um and just periodically like, you know, like random people. Um plus I was lucky that that was the uh location I deployed from. I know a lot of people um in the military now do not have deployment patches and I do. Yeah. So I got I got that. Um we're the old men now, Ace. Yeah, I've got the uh, the, the broken TV on my arm now. <laughs> um, and uh, but and I wouldn't trade my deployment for anything in the world. Uh, it's still one of the highlights of my life. Um, Talk to me I'm, about that. Uh, well, I was deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan. Um, that was collectively I was there for thirteen months. Um, mm-hmm. That was in twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, um, and. I, I I joined the army knowing deployment was a possibility, but I was always kind of thinking like, oh, let me get out of this. Let me let me scoot my way. I can just leave the army and be like, it's like, oh, did you ever deploy? Like, oh, I never got around to it. Oh, I just wanted to, but I never sent. Oh, just. Um, but then when it became a reality, I mean, it just kind of like it, it, it dawned on me like, okay, I could be part of something big. I could be about yeah. part of something that was important. And I I, I love that for all of us that deployed we no one can take that from us um we were all small players but we were on the world stage uh, we we had a walk-on role a walk-on part in the war which is better exactly. than lead in the cage <laughs> you um, and i were both background extras in the war <laughs> yeah and um it, it it was a really great experience um sure. 
which I mean, obviously I can't speak for every vet. Um, I, I know a lot of people who had really horrible experiences and those are the lucky ones that you know came back. Um, oh yeah. But- I, I, I know for me, I am the luckiest person I possibly know. Everybody, I was doc for a transportation company and I was in Iraq at a very quiet part in a very quiet time during the Iraq war. And it was kind of in between Al Qaeda and ISIS, right? I hit that nice, sweet, cherry spot where like nothing happened and everyone came home. And, you know, it was more, it for us, it was more like, if mo- most of my job as doc back then was just looking for like suicide prevention shit, you know, instead of like, it wasn't bullets, holes and shit like that. It was, I mean, for me, right? A lot of it was me checking in on people and say, hey, man, how you doing? She won't let me talk to the kids. Oh, let's go get some coffee. Um, Vice, while I was in uh, CAF, there was a, a shop that sold all of the energy drinks that weren't legal in America. The the the, the Tiger one with the, the, the nicotine. Um, well, I don't remember that one, but I remember my favorite was called Jack Wrestler. It was a Turkish energy drink. Oh, shit. And... Uh, <laughs> I can't confirm this, but I think the secret ingredient was like meth. Um, <laughs> it's because boy, no, was I, <laughs> boy was I active whenever I had one of those. Uh, it was like, hey, uh, Sergeant Barlow, I need you to done. Can I get another one? Just give me work all day. I'll work all day. <laughs> Guys, um, Sergeant Barlow woke up. He was covered in blood again, but we don't know what this, happened. There's this blood all coming out of his nose. He tried drinking a Jack Wrestler. Um, <laughs> I went through his in his nostrils, um, but yeah, uh, uh, Afghanistan. I, obviously, I'm extremely lucky that I can look yeah. back on that experience with uh, positivity, um, yeah. and um, I, I really love the fact that you know we, we can tell those stories. I mean, like it's it's the greatest sort of like uh, vacation comparison story ever. Um, yeah. You know, because like you talk to your civilian friends and they're like. Oh, I went to the Maldives. My parents, uh, they fund my Instagram career. Uh, I just get to go anywhere in the world and just, like, find myself. I'm like, oh, I've been to Afghanistan. Have you? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I just think it's cool. Like, when, when you deploy uh, with the military, I mean, like, even not just even the country you deploy to, like, the country you stop off at, it's just sort of like... Um, I love that I, I went to Kyrgyzstan and I did not know where or what Kyrgyzstan was um, until I was there. You're and just following the leader. It was just we we get off on the plane and I'm like, what country are we in? It's like people are like, oh, I'm not really sure. I didn't know what country I was in until we found a map um, on the wall and we looked for the country with the most smudge marks on it. Because <laughs> people had been pointing to it, and just, you know, just over time, they like wore a little bit of hole. And I was like, "Guys, we're in K- Kyrgyzstan," <laughs> and it's like, "There's not that. any vowels; it's all consonants." <laughs> take that, trust fund douchebag friends of mine who've never been to Kyrgyzstan, <laughs> a country whose name I did not know how to pronounce until the 2012 Olympics, that were like two weeks after I got there. I was like, yeah. and now the representatives from Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan, not Kyrgyzstan. Okay, that makes that's easier on the the tongue to roll off. Yeah, no, I. It's more like I don't know, like it, like I have a lot of civilian friends here, but they're all like, you know, they're all like middle class success. Maybe that's kind of what you're talking about, where you're like you're hearing a lot of their stories, and then 
I, I know one girl, she's like the daughter of like some really expensive dentist out of Chicago. And she's like, yeah, you know, we went to like Egypt, we went to Libya. And I'm like, what, with like the 82nd? She's like, no, we just went on a vacation. I'm like, oh, fuck that. No. <laughs> like, I mean, it's all, it, it, there's no animosity towards my, my, the, the trust fund douchebag straw man I've created. Um, I, I mean, I, I hope that, that my nice children that, one day could be a trust fund douchebag. Oh, like, I mean, I, I would take to being an Instagram uh, travel douchebag like a duck to water. It's just like, yeah, I was just like, I had nothing else to do. So I was like, let me get to Rwanda. <laughs> it's, oh, so, I, I need to know your thing on this. Here's and, some photos of me with the with the silverback gorilla. Because I'm just like oh. feeling a silverback gorilla today. It's my spirit animal. Okay, so back to your army story. So you deployed. Deployment was good. You came back. Where'd you come back to? Um, well, I came back to Fort Stewart for yeah. about a year. Yeah. Um, a little year and some change. Um, and then I wound up going to Wiesbaden, Germany. How was that? Um, um, I liked Deutschland. I hated Germany, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, usually kind of have to caveat that. Um, it, it comes back, it's sort of like the film dream, where it was like, you just have this idea in your head. Because I wanted to go to Germany for so long. And I, I remember uh, we stopped off in an airport um, in Leipzig. Oh, yeah. Um, or uh, Rammstein or something like that, uh, flying to Afghanistan. I was like, "Is this my only time I'm ever going to be in Germany? Like, yeah. I, I, I gotta, I gotta reenlist so I can like live in Germany and see it." And then you actually go to Germany and you just, you just discover it's, it's, it's the army. The army will be the army everywhere it goes. So it's not <laughs> like um, it, the, the same was true of Korea. But spoilers for later on in the story. Um, yeah, I'll try, I'll try to make this a little shorter. But um, yeah, the thing is, you tell your friends um i'm stationed in germany they hear the germany part but really what it is is i'm stationed in germany Uh, so i mean like it's 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 a job it it, it is work it's not like um you're going to germany or korea to uh have fun i mean hopefully you get a chance to have fun and see the culture and explore this stuff but you're still going there for a nine to five job or in the case of the military a five to five job Mm -hmm. um and uh, you may have t- tons of responsibilities that keep you from going out and exploring. Um, I, I well, you went as an NCO, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I became an NCO at Fort Stewart. So, um, yeah. Um, so a lot of responsibilities, lots of like getting called into work at random hours. Um, and looking back at Germany, the the nicest thing I can say about my time there was I got to travel a lot. I got to cross a lot off my bucket list. Um, but the worst thing I could say about Germany was um, I, I nearly had a nervous breakdown and uh, I wanted to get the GTFO as soon as possible. And I did. And it was beautiful. Do you want to talk to... about that at all? No, I don't. Because um, I, I know that a lot of my friends and family will be listening to this and they're like, oh, fuck, is Pete talking about Germany again? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That was that was six years ago. Let's just not talk about that. I think they were like <laughs> hoping Korea would have been worse than Germany. So it's like, can Pete just talk about a different country that he hates? Because <laughs> for fuck's sake, oh my gosh, World War II historians don't talk about Germany as much as Pete does. <laughs> and they're usually more upbeat. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, so I, I'll I leave it at that. 
that that's totally fair like i know for me and i've talked about this on this channel a thousand times um i've used kind of the whole pandemic to like you know therapy and you know and i've kind of used this channel as a way to you know say hey as a grown man as you know i like to think a masculine sort of guy um it's important to there's uh, uh, it's kind of a narrative, especially in the Midwest, that kind of gets beaten to you. We're like, uh, emotions are bad. We're like, no. And there's a caveat to it, is where you're taught that to hand, the only way to handle emotions is to compartmentalize them, put them in a box, and then never see, speak of them again. And that also is very similar to the coping mechanisms we were taught as medics to teach people uh, pre-deployment right i'm like oh that's short-term coping mechanisms for intense high chaotic violent environments that's not a strategy for living and so you know and and i kind of use this i mean my meager small platform to kind of say you know be like hey this is the thing i'm going through and and you know but at the flip side eventually sometimes I'm like oh god i'm fucking sad all the time i'm fucking like i'm recording i'm just like oh, i'm sad for these reasons you get tired of bitching it feels like all you do is bitch and all yeah. you are is the sad boy at the party that no one I, wants to talk to i encourage anyone to uh vent their frustrations i mean god knows i do yeah um but I mean, like you brought up a great point. I mean, I, I I'm 35 now. I have spent so much of my adult life um, just whining, and even like even me is just in the back of my mind, like, dude, lighten the fuck up. You feel like so, the sad boy at the party that you're like you're like no one wants to talk to me because I'll just I bum would, everyone out. I would rather be the guy at the party that starts randomly spouting Jeffrey Dahmer facts. Like that's that's more my style. That's more fun. People enjoy that person even if they don't admit it. So in the summer of 21, me and the wife went to New York City. And then I had this sort of like religious experience at Ground Zero, right? Where, where the 9-11 memorial is. Because it was kind of, for me, it was much like yourself. My entire adult life has been shaped in reflection to that day. my The, the war, the military, all that. And so it felt like I was at this holy ground site where it was like the first battle was fought here and if you see i might probably sent you pictures where i'm just coated in tears and there's like walls of dead people's faces that just fucking stretch into forever right it's and there's this weird sort of like dichotomy of like it's this weird mausoleum but also for a lot of people it's just a museum and there's like kids running around taking selfies. And then there's grown men struggling not to break down sobbing uncontrollably, right? And it's only going to be more the former <laughs> than the latter. I'm not even saying that like it's like a bad thing. Um, because, that was 20 years I mean, ago. Well, uh, yeah, it was, it was 20 years ago. And um, I mean, it, it's just, it's natural. Um, yeah. I mean, just think about like our grandparents. I mean, December 7th, the day they were living in for me. And you go to a kid now and you're like, uh, what's the significance of December 7th? And it's just like... That's when uh, Doctor that's, Strange, the Multiverse of Madness comes out. Yeah, so and that's not even necessarily bad. I mean, like, you could, you'd be like, oh, are the kids today, they're forgetting, they're forgetting, <laughs> never forget. But it's just like, it, it happens to every generation. So this is just our rite of passage. But it gets better because 
going back to being the sad boy at the party my father we're at my father-in-law's house and he's like so what's the thing you like most about nine or, or at the going to new york and i was like we went to 9 11 where all the people burned to death in rubble and they tried to get out and the firefighters died trying to get them out right and then i start laughing and i'm like i'm such a fucking bummer i'm so sorry well, when we last uh, saw our hero, he was getting uh, sent. <laughs> so I wound up getting curtailed sorry. back to America. I'm so sorry. I forgive you. <laughs> and um, uh, so I get stationed back in America. This is actually where our stories kind of like link up. This is um, where our stories intersect. So uh, while I was in Germany, I, I decided to um, really kind of hit the notebook and start making G.I. Lowe a thing. At the time, it was yeah. even called The Adventures of G.I. Lowe. I remember the early ones, This yeah. is the second podcast in a row that I brought up the fact that my comic used to have a Gregorious name. Um, but then I just realized that no one called it that, so I was like, eh, it's, it's G.I. Lowe now. Everyone calls yeah. it G.I. Lowe. Um, and it was just sort of, it was, it was my cathartic way to make fun of things in the army um, yeah. that wouldn't get me in trouble. And so far, so good. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, there's always time. Um, <laughs> so I, and then when I got back to America, um, I, I, I really kind of dedicated myself to this. It was like, all right, you know, like this comic it's, it's doing well. I mean, like I, I created a Facebook page as basically a, a dare. Um, and it was like, I don't know, let's see if anyone other than my friends and family will like this. Um, and it just kind of like snowballed, 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 snowballed. And, um, uh, I remember one of those moments when I was like, I, I think something good is coming of this was when you shared my comic um, because it was the first time a non-person had shared my comic because I was like divided by zero books. That's not a person's name. Or if it is, it's a very strange person's name. Their parents <laughs> must be hippies. Um, and so I just messaged you like, thank you for sharing my comic. This is this is cool. It was like, it wasn't just like, you know, um, Joe Schmo just like, lol funny thing it was like all right he's sharing it with multiple people this is cool um and uh, so i i think on other interviews that you've done with me i've, I've talked about our friendship and whatnot so if this is just please do about... please do i deleted all those oh good yeah, yeah anytime the audio you can delete... quality was terrible that was anytime you can delete my voice from the internet is a good thing it's because the old way i used to do interviews with the audio quality was quality was fucking terrible um yeah so uh it, it started as just sort of like a well this is cool you know like a one-off like divided by zero and then i you know followed your page because if you're gonna follow my comic i might as well return the favor um and i was like then i just got the idea and it's like what if i did books because i i thought comic cons were a good idea because i was very young and naive um and i was like well if i'm gonna do a comic con I, I can't just have a table with like my name placard on it and be like Take a selfie with the GI Low guy. <laughs> and I was like, They'll I do have, weird things for money. <laughs> I should have stuff. And um, your family's gonna listen to this, aren't they? My family listens to everything I do. I'm so sorry. It's okay. The last podcast I was in, I talked about strippers. So okay, good. I don't feel so bad anymore. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, I, I messaged you about writing a book, and we we we've started out with the uh, Thin Line of Life collaboration, yeah. which um. If you haven't read it, it's uh, G.I.L.O. versus Zombies. And then it, it did not take much for Derwin to twist my arm on that watch. Um, but, he did uh, such a good job. 
but then it was uh, like, all right, let's let's do like a, a trial run book. And, and so the first book is just uh, the origin stories of Giello, where he's joining the army. Yeah. Awful, 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 awful artwork. But it was like, all right, this, this is, but it was a number one bestseller. It was a number six bestseller. Let's let's oh. let's yeah, let's let's not well, beat around the bush here. I tell people we, it's number one. We were in the top ten. Um, and number so, one I, new comic, number six overall. Yeah, so we reached number six on comic book anthologies, um, which, for those of you who don't know, includes like graphic novels, um, Garfield comic books, a lot of Garfield. I beat all the Garfields. They did. Um, so I, I, that's going to be on my tombstone. Um, but I remember that day so well because it was like the first time I'd ever launched a book. And by the way, you sent me the proof the day before. I, of course, should have proof read the proof as is implied. <laughs> I was just so – because the thing is I remember I, I watched your, your show, uh, the videos you posted, and you talked about how wonderful it felt when you held your first book in your hands. And as you know, um, you know, a writer, it's like that's just the the dream is to like have that hard copy book in your hand. So you, you messaged me, and you're like, so is it good? I'm like, it's good. <laughs> and then the next day it went to print. And I remember the moment you said, like, it's going to print. My first thought was, you are going to go for a really long jog so that you are not going to spend this entire day hit, hitting refresh on Amazon to see how well it's doing. And I remember I went for a really long jog. And then I came back and I kept hitting refresh. And I just kept watching the numbers go up and up and up and up and up. And that was just one of the great days of my life. It was pretty good for me, too. Um, and so then, of course, we were like, well, we got to do a second book. And honest. when we had when when we had a second book, it was like, all right, we've got like enough for Comic-Cons. And I do love the fact that my first Comic-Con um, is still my favorite Comic-Con experience I've had of the four. You know, it doesn't take much to be number one with that was uh, so in Dayton, Ohio, which is a very important city for you and your family. Yeah, which, I've in-laws which, there, which was perfect because i mean i had someone there and um I, I have a lot of family in dayton and a lot of my family came to visit me while i was in dayton and cassie uh, and matt came to visit and you cassie well. and matt. i i had my my publisher and my book editor all at the same table and we got pictures it was awesome yeah um and uh so i i got my first comic-con experience then i had my second comic-con in savannah georgia uh, a few months later and um then i went to the drill sergeant academy I remember. Them, I, I the thing is, I knew about the Drill Sergeant Academy um, during all the Comic Con season that I did. Sure. And um, appropriately enough, I graduated from the Drill Sergeant. Spoilers again. I graduated from the Drill Sergeant Academy. I was a Drill Sergeant. He he he. I graduated and then remembered that I'd also had a Comic Con in Baltimore that I had paid for already, and <laughs> so I'm. It was the weekend before I hopped in my car and drove across the country to be a drill sergeant i had a comic-con and <laughs> it is the worst idea i have ever had in my life i should have just asked for a refund it, it doesn't was, sound great i just want to eat the cash <laughs> i mean it, it was probably the the most money i've made at a comic-con it's the most times oh, i've met people well. who've heard of my comic but the thing is i'm also like freaking out because i have to drive across the country and sure enough, all right, so that Comic-Con was a Friday through Saturday, sorry, Friday through Sunday, and I hit the road on Monday. Yeah. 
and I had to finish all of my out processing in one day. Fuck. And so, but I remember I did it, and then I yeah. hit the road, and I drove across the country, and it is still the, the freest moment of my life, where it was just like, <laughs> just to hop in the road. Well, it, it, I'll say this much. It was the freest feeling ever until I hit DC traffic and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I timed this so that I wound up in DC at rush hour. Good job, dumbass. I've never had the pleasure of going to our great nation's capital, but I. Um, here's how you can simulate driving in DC um, drive to a parking lot, uh, sit in that parking lot for eight hours, but think that you're going to move. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm good. I'll say it. I'll say the Midwest. <laughs> um, okay. So you're in drill sergeant school. How was that for you? Uh, it was challenging. Um, yeah. I got to go to Columbia, South Carolina in June. Oh fuck. <laughs> um, it's worth noting a, a lot of people commented on my weight loss while I was there, and I did you get down to a about hundred. I got down to 145 pounds, which is probably not healthy. Um, I'm almost six feet tall. And I think is people are like, oh, it's like, oh, because, you know, like you're, 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 you're eating, you know, like defect food. And, oh, it's because they're, they're so much exercise. And yeah, that, that contributed. But really what I think it came down to was the fact that I was so dehydrated at all times. Like I, I, I was like, someone had put me like it and like, um, one of those food processors that removes yeah. all the liquid. So I was basically <laughs> mummified. That's why I looked as skinny as I did. Because it was just <laughs> at all times I had zero liquids in my body. That's funny. Um, I mean, you look great. You really did. Hey. Um, <laughs> I look like a bobblehead in those pictures. You probably look healthier now. Um, but yeah, no, like I would have got a lot of pictures if I looked if I looked that skinny. Oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, just doing nothing but taking my shirt off. Um what else? What else? Okay, so what was the coolest part about being a drill sergeant, going through drill sergeant school? How was that? Because it, it's the, it's a full circle in a lot of ways. I got to imagine it was a very full circle because I went to basic training at Fort Jackson. Yeah, um, I could see my old trailer from the barracks. Yeah, and it was like, you can go home again. Yeah, um, and uh, I always kind of thought it'd be fun to get back to Fort Jackson because it was. I, I like this idea of being back at Fort Jackson, but there were no drill sergeants yelling at me. Yeah. Um, that that wish did not come true. Um, <laughs> I went back to Fort Jackson and there were drill sergeants yelling at me again. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was worth it. I, 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 one of the few people who had a choice because I had less than two years of my contract when I got my orders. Um, so I could have signed a deck statement and ended my army career. But I also realized that Oh, it would have been good for the comic if Lowe became a drill sergeant. Like, he's I mean, incompetent, really was out of shape, NCO. Let's make him uh, the world's worst drill sergeant. And the thing is, it was like, the comic material writes itself. And I I, I was like, the comic would have definitely just died on the vine had he not become a drill sergeant. And, I was, and the thing is, even with the, the knowledge that um, I could get kicked out of the drill sergeant academy, because it's a very challenging course sure um it would have it still would have been a funny storyline oh, for yeah. low to go to the drill sergeant academy and get kicked out and so i was <laughs> like all right even if this, this doesn't work out and i was like i was just thinking like don't get heartbroken if you don't graduate yeah like the, the thing is um 
fifty percent of my class did not graduate at least. Well, we all um, knew you would. Like, and well, I did not know I would. Um, that was, I was happier graduating from the Drill Sergeant Academy than I was graduating college because most people graduate college, very few people graduate from the Drill Sergeant Academy. So for me, that was like that was such, uh, ego booster where it was just like, you did something you did not think you could do. Yeah. Um, so every other like big achievement in my life, it's just sort of like, it kind of pales in comparison. We're like, oh, you, you did something above and beyond what you thought you could do. What year is this? Uh, this was in 2018. Okay. Cause I remember you were kind of off the grid for a minute and we were well, still I was kind busy. Of, yeah. Well, you're, you're busy. Yeah. And you kind of put the comic on hiatus for a minute and I remember that's when I think I was, because for five seconds, I thought, you know what Lowe needs? A toy line. And we know a guy who can do a toy, right? And it looked like we might actually have had a thing, but then like he got really, really busy with a family emergency. So, you know, and God bless him. Like, of course you don't, you do the family emergency and not our goofy toy idea. But yeah, I remember I remember thinking, fuck, that would look really good. But then we had like a couple of prototypes around that time frame. And I think I sent you one, right? Uh you sent me two. Okay. Um, but well, it is what it is. Um yeah. but uh I was a drill sergeant for two years. Um and uh it was an experience. If you'd like to know about my experience, may I direct you to the GI Low page and may you read all the comics I did between twenty eighteen and twenty twenty one. Or just um, buy the third book. Or buy the... Oh, no, the third book doesn't have any of the Drill Sergeant stories. The, the, right. the Drill Sergeant Academy storylines. The fourth book will be all about him as a Drill Sergeant. Right, 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 right. Um, of course. So, uh, yeah, um, make sure to check out G.I. Lowe because people are like, oh, what was it like being a Drill Sergeant? Read my comics. It was like, that. that's that's my thoughts on, on you know, in, in pixels. <laughs> Consume my content, asshole. <laughs> it's just like, it's like it's, this is my... Um, in contrast, Korea, holy mackerel, was that anticlimactic for the comic. Um, so, so yeah, you finished yeah. drill sergeant school. Where were you a drill sergeant at? Uh, I was a drill sergeant in Arizona. How'd that go for you? Um, it was a dry heat, so that was a that was a change. How were the? How was it being uh, shaping the minds of the next generation fighting force and all that? Read my comic. <laughs> You'll know my thoughts on. The, the little the the children holy crap this is also kind of an interview Pete. <laughs> i know but man I, I i'm better expressing my feelings in my comic than i am in a conversation but i can tell you that um i think being a drill sergeant was revenge uh for me being a shitty kid sometimes oh yeah because it's like oh were you bad to your parents when you were a teenager well now you have 250 teenagers who hate your guts and want to complain to you about everything. <laughs> and as an AIT drill sergeant, I mean, that was pretty much our job. We were the, uh, the surrogate parents uh, for 250 kids who didn't have a plan after high school. So <laughs> they joined the army and now they hate you, but they need you for everything. <laughs> Jill Sergeant, you suck, but I need to wipe my butt. <laughs> it's just like uh, so I, and it was the best thing for the comic ever because yeah. 
every time I had writer's block, something stupid would happen. And I was like, that's a comic. That's a comic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know how much I shit. I hope. The thing is, um, it it is important to look at the positives too. Because I remember I went home uh, to see my parents uh, Christmas time. We had uh, holiday block leave. And I'm just bitching and moaning to my mom about my stupid soldiers and how much they suck and they're the worst things in the world. And then my mom's like, do you have any good soldiers? Like, I'm, oh, I, I got tons of them. And she's <laughs> like, well, why don't you talk about them? I'm like, well, that's not funny. <laughs> and that's actually G.I. Lowe in a nutshell, which is, um, you know, like, um, so Lowe is kind of his own independent character now. He started off as like my avatar. Then I was like, this isn't fun. Let me make it. Let me have give him his own name, his own MOS, his own appearance, all the good stuff. Um, but the thing is, like his his life is still shaped by mine, except for the fact that I'm not a North Korean POW. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I'm so happy that's where the comic's going. I, the comic went there because I didn't have anything else to write about based on my Korean experience. Well, I, like, I mean, that's probably well, he's a North Korean spy. Or yeah, but North you were in Korea during COVID. Yeah, that's like, it. It was not the uh, muse I hoped it was. But the thing is, um, like, so my own experiences go into the comic, uh, but mm-hmm. only the, but only really the bad ones. So, like, I mean, if I succeed in something in the army, it's probably not going to happen in the comic unless it's, like, an important storyline, like the Drill sure. Star Academy. Um, but if if I do something stupid, Lowe is going to do something stupid. Because it's, it's, it's funnier. And the thing is, um, I'm not going to pretend like I, I named my comic as like some sort of like creative intent. There's no creative intention behind calling it G.I. Lowe. G.I. Lowe is just the nickname I try to give myself. Yeah. Um, oh, I had no idea. I didn't know that. The glass has been shattered. <laughs> um, they named the dog Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do. But as the comic was kind of like getting its own like um, foundation, it was like, all right. It's called G.I. Lowe uh, because he's the inverse of a G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe it sells the image of, like, the super soldiers who can do everything. And it's like, well, how about a character who can't do really anything in the army very well? So he, he's not a G.I. Joe. He's a G.I. Lowe. Yeah, and <laughs> I like it. It's also worth noting, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the uh, the acronym G.I. Um uh, <laughs> stands for government issued um so i liked the idea that i accidentally named my comic government issued low also uh gastrointestinal well that is why uh it is hard to google my comic because <laughs> i've tried if you I'm google, google GI low you get gastrointestinal uh low diets <laughs> Uh, so okay. yeah I could have named my comic better so I've only got to you for about 15 more minutes right mm-hmm. okay because I don't want to keep you up because you know me I'll just chatty 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 and then you know my job is barely a job and then I sleep through my alarm and I show up late to work tomorrow that kind of sounds like a Sergeant Barlow problem <laughs> um, okay so a funny little thing happened in March 2020. How'd that go for you? Um, it was initially good for the comic. What I look back at that time, finally, I, I, I love that we can now kind of look at the, the last moments of calm before the pandemic. Yeah. 
and just for this this naivety because um i um i was working on a collaboration with uh mark baker who writes the great comic private murphy yeah and we were doing this big epic army combat fitness test crossover yeah i remember um, that yeah the, the advantage i had over him was that i was still in the army so i had all the the, the cool gossip and the advantage that he had over me was that his comic is significantly more prolific than mine so it was like let's both use each other for this i mean you're and, kind of his like creative successor um i am a uh, different boat same ocean i'll let you say that yeah um but uh we were working this big epic like you know, it was gonna be like a seven part crossover comic all about the army combat fitness test because that was going to be the big story of 2020 yeah um and so the thing is we're working on it and we're like slowly releasing it and then this sort of this this thing that's been happening in china is now affecting iran and it's like well there's some cases on the west coast all of italy's closed and uh, so it was just kind of like slowly creeping up on us. And the thing is, as drill sergeants, uh, like we were mission essential. Like we did not, ha- you, you can't telework as a drill sergeant. Like, what are you going to do? Like <laughs> set Skypes up around the barracks and be like, hey, hands out of your pockets. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the whole pandemic, um, I didn't, I never got to do the whole quarantine thing really until I got to Korea. So, as a drill sergeant, you know, you're just, you're just there, you just wear a mask. Um, and I remember the first time I wore a mask, it was, it was a jokey post where like I, I I found a painter mask in the company. I put it on my face and a picture like, we're taking things seriously here. And, you know, and then the following Monday, it was like, everyone's going to wear masks. Like, okay. <laughs> um, oh, he's got his already. Good. <laughs> and uh, so I was booking comic cons. I was uh, making travel plans. I was like, this is going to be, we were going to go to Boise, right? We were going to go to Boise. And um, actually, hopefully as my leave gets approved, I'll be uh, at the uh, gem state comic con. Uh, in April. So, Where is the gem uh, state? Idaho. The, I didn't know that either. It's okay. Yeah. I, I just thought Idaho was the potato state. Sure. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to actually go to that Comic Con that I, I booked back in the before. Better times. late than never. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a it it, it was a lot. You know, I, I think everyone on Earth is been impacted in some way so i think that answers your question it does it does I, I i always ask people just because we all kind of have this much like our deployment stories are very similar everybody has a 2020 story right everyone's like oh this is where i was when the world closed and this is what i did when the world closed and you know and i i, I get from like doc I, i've had a couple doctors on here and firefighters and police and different people and stuff so I like to get everyone's kind of like what happened for you. Uh, I uh, hid in the basement, afraid of the sun myself. But you know, I thought we we're all going to die. Um, so when you you re because I remember you reenlisted right around it was because this it, full circle again because you reenlisted like spring. 2020 late spring early summer i enlisted um i mean the writing was on the wall at that point um because i was thinking about getting out because i was like i was at the 10-year mark and like the 10-year mark sort of like a great like let me figure things out like all right do i want to do another point do i want to do another 10 years and then retire or would i rather get try a different job especially when you're still kind of young enough where you're malleable um and i was like all right you know what I think I want to get out and I, I liked 
the symmetry of everything where my career started with drill sergeants and it ends with drill sergeants like that. That's yeah. fitting. Um, except, you know, the hats on the, the hats on the other head this time. <laughs> um, but um, I joined the army during a time when no one was hiring. I did not want to leave the army at a time when no one was hiring. Um, and I, I don't regret the decision. I mean, I remember I, it was like the time I reenlisted where I was gritting my teeth the most. Um, cause it well, was like a third like, of the country was unemployed at the time. Like, yeah, I was like, it, it was in my heart. I made this decision to just get out and try something new. But in my head, I was like, dude, no one is hiring. Like, do you want to be in your thirties and move in with your parents? Like, dude, no, Th this job has benefits. This job will get you different places. I mean, yeah. you will hate your life more than you will love your life but the benefits are just too good to ignore you're gonna hate it anyway pete it'll be fine yeah i'm i'm, I'm a curmudgeon so i mean i'm, I'm yeah. gonna be unhappy wherever i am and whatever yeah. um and i'm glad i did it and the thing is i'm even glad like you know I, I i korea is my new germany where it's the country that like we don't speak of it but if i do speak of it i'm gonna complain for eight hours and you're gonna enjoy it speaking um, of which how is korea for you uh korea was worth it um, it was not the experience I hoped for. It's one of those um, under different circumstances. Obviously, you know, if the world were a little more available and open, I'm sure it would have been different. Um, if I'd been you in were a, a 23 year old private first class, it would have been great. I probably would have left as a PV2, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I was a little bit more mature. I'm, I'm also like old enough where I'm at a point when the idea of drinking to get drunk just sounds awful yeah um and uh you know i was like i'm also a little more skeptical about if a beautiful woman hits on me at a bar it's like okay she wants something and it's not what you think it or hope it is no so i was very very conservative while i was in korea and i and because of the pandemic i mean it was like i, I got to seoul four times um and that was like my my big adventures and even that it was like i was i was going there and you know, like, oh, this is, this is a good picture for Facebook. Here I'm at North Seoul Tower. Look at me. I'm I'm doing the tourist thing. Oh, we better get back early because, you know, the trains, yeah, they're, they're, they're not as many at uh, Pyeongtaek where I need to get going. I don't <laughs> we know why I'm actually, the story. We were actually going to come visit you in 2020, but, you know, then that little thing happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I, no regrets. Um, I, I did exactly the, what I said I would do, which was take a selfie in front of the blue house, which is the Korean version of the white house. Um, and I, I got my, my souvenir magnet and I came back to America and I'm back in America. I'm so happy because I can just drive a car and live in an apartment and not share a barracks with 30 of my former soldiers. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. That no. was so awkward. Yeah. I'd just be doing laundry and it's like, was I your drill sergeant? I was. I was. Okay. <laughs> How you doing? Okay. We're coworkers now. <laughs> did I make you cry? I did. Oh. Yeah. I, I found out um, after the well, not after that inquiry, I found out that uh, when the soldiers found out that I was coming there, um, they said they hoped my plane would crash. Oh, that's harsh. And then you get to Korea and they're sending you Facebook friend requests like, fuck off. What the? F 
I was like, I, I'm pretty sure you have said some really awful things about me. And in your defense, I've said worse about you. <laughs> I fantasized about your violent death many uh, no, times. I'm, I'm not that dark. It was more like I fantasized about you uh, getting the Article 15s you deserved. <laughs> I like how you, <laughs> in our friendship, you're the well-adjusted one. <laughs> What does that say about you? <laughs> well, my therapist says all sorts of things about it. Um, but no, okay, so bring me up to speed now. Um, well, what, how's I'm, life now? You're back in Georgia, right? Or I am you- uh, Georgia, sweet Georgia. Um, and it, it, again, everything kind of uh, comes full circle because I started my army career in Georgia and now I'm back. Um, different part of Georgia. Probably ended uh, in Georgia, right? Um, you know what? Actually, I, I hope it ends in the country of Georgia, just because I've been like, <laughs> setting that joke up for so long. Um, I mean, no joke. I, I, the first time I went to Georgia, I told people at where I was going, and they're like, "Stay to the country." Like, yeah, you, you think the army's sending me to the country? I mean, like, it's very good of you to know that there's a country called Georgia, <laughs> uh, but I don't think we have any army bases there. I was stationed in the state of Georgia when the Russians invaded the country of Georgia in 2008. That's how I found out there was a country of Georgia because I was like, Russia invaded the state of Georgia. Did they not, did they not want the rest of the country? Yeah. They're just like, they, they, they really like Coca-Cola in Georgia, I guess. Okay. You guys can have it. Atlanta is not that great. Oh, Atlanta's, uh, Atlanta's delightful. It's I, delightful. I, You're right. I, I just went there for the first time recently and it was a wonderful city. I will say, I will hear no bad-mouthing of it how was atlanta tell me about that before we hop off um well i drove across the country i I visited my parents in arizona uh before uh heading out this way by the way did you know america is a huge country and texas is a huge country texas a long way is 900 miles and it takes about three days to drive if you don't do this if you do the speed limit it took me two days but i took the 10 Um, got it and um, I made sure to take an interstate this time because last time I drove across Texas, um, I took the faster way, according to my GPS, which took me through uh, what can best be described as a, a deserted wasteland with no gas stations. Austin. Like, I, I, I remember uh, driving through Texas and there's no gas stations. I'm like, dude, you're Texas. <laughs> you're known for gas. Where gas Where? is born. Where are the gas stations in this damn state? Did you just export them? Um, America's huge ass country. Uh, but I was like, I I haven't been in America. I haven't driven. Um, I just want to see as much of this place as I could. And it was worth it with the caveat of I was freaking out because I was driving on templates because I just bought my car. And so I'm like, I need to get to my residence soon so that I can register with the DMV and I can well, get you got my 30 days for your templates. 45 days. I mean, yeah. Um, but I, I'm me. I'm also a, a nervous wreck of awful. And I was just like, the templates are going to expire. You you need to find an apartment. You need, and it's just like, oh, you're going to find an apartment, but you're going to hate it. It's going to be in the worst part of town. Oh my God. Da, 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 da. So, and the thing is, there was also a winter storm hitting my entire right. predetermined route. I was going to drive through Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. And I, I get to my hotel in Baton Rouge. I turn on the TV and it goes right to the weather channel because the hotels always want to go to the least offensive channel to default. Yeah. And it's like, 
Okay, well, Winter Storm Irwin is currently destroying the following states, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. <laughs> if you're driving through any of these states, stay at home and do not get out of your car. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to do a quick little detour to Florida. This was a, this was the storm where uh, in Virginia, you had people stuck on a, a frozen highway for like a couple of days, like Senator Tim Kaine was stuck yeah. on the highway. Like So I, I fucked off to Florida for a few days and I was like, always okay. a good choice, you know, as you do. Um, and it was a highlight of my trip because I got to see my great aunt and that was awesome. Always a good choice, sir. But then I uh, made the boneheaded decision to drive, try to drive from Naples, Florida, which is at the very tip at the end, uh, up to Atlanta in one day. Um, so uh, thankfully, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at sitting for extended periods of time because the holy drives that a drive. Did you guys know that Florida is a huge ass country? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say, declare it a country because it is bigger than most of Europe. It's like the Eastern Europe of America. Yeah. So I'm just like doing that drive. Uh, I discourage you from driving across Texas and the length of Florida in one week because that's something I did with my life. Well, I mean, you just got back from Korea and you're locked up in a box in Korea for like a year. Yeah. And like, I get where you, because I know. And I get the anxiety part of it, too, because, like, I have driven very little in the last two years because I've been working from home this whole time. And when I started driving more and more, I would it was like being 16 again and learning how to drive all over again, but or relearning to be confident while driving and what confident driving is. And it was because, like, I might drive twice a month maybe once a week maybe you are doing it right right now because gas is an arm and a leg oh yeah oh yeah and you know i don't know i'm kind of a paranoid hermit so we have everything we need the house anyway um okay well any closing thoughts um not really not unless you've got like some sort of interesting uh questions for me at the end well, I was going to say I'm uh, and while all this is still very planning stages still, uh, I'm excited for when all of Divided by Zero Books makes the jump from Amazon to the website proper and all that's still under construction. It's all being figured out. It's kind of like if you jump out of an airplane and then you're learning how to make a parachute on, along the way. It's what it feels like. That's how I described the entire GILO process. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm so glad you're coming with us. And if you ever decide to stay on Amazon, then I'll show you how to set it up the way we had it. But yeah, too much work. Yeah. It's, oh, fuck. I mean, well, okay. Setting it up is a lot of work. Letting it run, not so much. But, but yeah, I, I'm, and I'm so glad to have, I'm so glad you're at my wedding. Oh, that was and, a wonderful that wonderful day. And I I remember we had convened all of Divided by Zero books there, right? I was like, oh, I've got everybody here. Everyone's usually in different states and different countries and stuff. And it was cool. And I remember when I had finally gotten away from the crowd, because like when you're like the groom, 
people, you know, you have to shake hands and stuff and talk to people and you don't know who the fuck anybody is. And all you want to do is sleep. And I get away from the crowd and then I'm, I find you guys and everyone's out by the fire. And I hear you impersonating me going, oh, this is Derwin from the Blanket Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> and you're impersonating me by the fire. And I'm I just, I, it was me just kind of being fascinated by the fact that you, you somehow have the world's thickest Chicago accent, despite not being from the Windy City. I've been to Chicago is, once. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to Chicago once, and uh, you know, I just picked up the accent like that. You know, it's it was just, uh, I, I just, I, I had no accent before. Now I sound like Mike Ditka. Um, <laughs> it was just my my impersonation of Derwin. It's just like, okay, so you know, I I, I got a reserve weekend again. I did. I I got my drill weekend up. You know, and uh, I got my medical discharge. It's going to happen somewhere between one week and 19 years from now. No, no. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm this close to getting a medical separation. It just (laughs) all it requires is that I sacrifice a small chicken into a volcano. (laughs) No, the problem isn't with the volcano. I got one in my backyard. The problem is all the chickens I have to sacrifice are just too dang big. (laughs) Chickens are very hard to catch. You know, and it's like my my profile says I can't run. So how am I supposed to check catch these I'm little on a babies? full dead man profile. <laughs> I, I gotta set up a bunch of wily coyote style traps in my backyard exactly. to get to the chickens. I got a squad. I'll call the squad over here. No, that's funny. And when I when I saw you doing that, I was I started laughing, and I went to go hang out with everybody. I sit down, and then you guys say, "Oh, we'll go get some cake," and then you all fuck off and leave. And I'm like. <laughs> to be fair, cake is more interesting than you. That's fair. I mean, I was, you know, my okay, it wasn't really my big day. It was my wife's big day. Although the funny thing it was both of your big day. Well, the funny thing about that is that my wife has something called like shame and pride and you know, r- you know, uh, uh reserves her own self and everything. And I have none of those issues and I have no shame and very little pride, and I can just talk all day. And more importantly, I enjoy talking, and so the weird thing about being married when you're all extroverted is that uh, uh, during the big day, no one, the groom just kind of has to exist. He just has to show up. And the wife, the, the 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 bride is the big important one, but she hates attention. And I'm such an attention whore. And then so I could stand in front of a crowd and be like, hey, everybody, I'm married. And I remember talking to the crowd. I remember what I said because I had like four hours of sleep and her uncle started pouring booze down my throat at 10 a.m., which you drove me to the party. Yes, I did. And I thank you so much. Well, looking back at it, uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, parts of that day was um, there there was an open bar. I got drunk. But the thing is, I got to drive back. I got a ride back to my hotel room. And I'm just, I'm tired. I'm drunk. I'm on this, like, happiness high. What a wonderful day it had been. I turn on my TV, and AMC is doing a Friday the 13th marathon. I was like... The perfect end to the perfect day. <laughs> Let's watch teenagers get murdered by a ghost. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things in the world. And so on, I, I, I think that is the most positive note that we could end this on. So we probably should. Um, and for the Blanket Fortress of Solitude, this is Derwin signing off. <laughs>